Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. Marco with another update coming up as we keep you informed and hopefully cross our fingers entertained with what's going on in sports. Another busy night in the NBA the Lakers lost again. LeBron did not play, but they lost to the uh, Clippers. It's rivalry week, I guess. I don't really know why. I mean, the Knicks played the Nets, okay, and the Clippers played the Lakers. Good. And those are on TNT, but the Pacers played the Nuggets? Like, I, I, I don't know. 855 uh, talking to you guys, whether it's about the NBA or some football. Sean is in Michigan. Let's start this hour with Sean. Hey, Sean, what's up? Oh, man. I, I can't believe I sat here and listened to Hey, hey, Shep. I don't care how good Bill Lambeer was. He's going to punch every one of your guys in the face. I don't care. Well, we nobody cares. We weren't talking about this hour. Oh, well, no, we're not talking about. Oh, we're not talking about that this hour? No. Okay, we're talking about the Lions 49ers? Hey, we're talking, we're talking about whatever about? you want. If you want to talk about something <laughs> we said an hour ago, that's although, fine. If you want to talk about funny, something Sean, it's John, Jeff John said Bart. on one of his shows two it, years ago, that's it's fine. Funny. No, but it's funny because as you guys are talking, I'm literally looking up on Inside the NBA, and they're talking about the all-time greatest centers. I kid you not. Tonight they are? Yeah, right. man. They're, they, 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 right, literally right now, they have this thing called the Big Man Alliance. And Shaq's putting together, I kid you not, his top eight centers of all time. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Because, because I, you know Are what? Are listening? Who, who, who gives the crap? <laughs> I mean, we're talking, we're talking NFC championship game. And I don't care if Bill Lambeer would beat anybody's butt or Larry Bird. Oh, this guy really likes Look, Bill Lambeer. Hey, this is, this is a thing. Uh, the 49ers, they are annual chokers. And Dan Campbell's bringing something that they haven't seen before. Dan Campbell's bringing a belief in in their system. He's, he's bringing a belief in their culture. And they better be ready because Brock Purdy ain't going to cut it. They're going to have to do something different. We're bringing it. And that last... That last 49er fan that stepped up and said, oh, Brock Purdy ain't this, ain't that, that's the reason why you're going to lose the NFC Championship game. 
Lions are coming, and they're going to win it. Man, Sorry I believe that I believe that they believe they can win. I'm I'm worried for them that the Niners are going to refine their mojo after almost losing last week. Hey, you can refine your mojo. That's cool. Hey, but I'll tell you what. You know what they're not going to do? They're not going to have good play from their quarterback. And so the Lions are Lions have two advantages in this in this system. They have belief in themselves. And what they have is they they are de, they are decrepit at defense, but they are they have a belief, and they have a blitzing system that is going to beat Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy is is the antichrist in your system. It's because it's going to do them in. Wow. Is your quarterback is not is not good enough to beat the Detroit Lions? I'm sorry. That's the best comparison you had was Antichrist. Well, I no. Well, I've been I've been drink. You've had me on hold for like an hour and a half. All I've had to do is drink and listen to about centers. It's the, a popular show, and I'm surprised you didn't bring up. <laughs> well, Bill I mean, for you guys have been talking about centers in the NBA for like an yeah. hour and a half, and yeah, I'm like, what the hell is going Sean, on? Nikola Jokic had a triple. Nikola Jokic had a triple double tonight. It's relevant. Well, that's great. I don't. I don't give a rat's ass. You know what? The U.S. Wait, beat. The, the, it beat the Russians in 1980. I don't care. Well, it didn't happen tonight, Sean. About <laughs> Sean, what are you sipping on? Uh, I'm I'm drinking Crown Royal, and I'm sipping on Miller Lite because it's low in carbs because I got blood pressure issues. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, we all find a way. <laughs> I Thanks, love Sean. you guys, though. I listen to you guys all the time. Thank you, I Sean. can't believe all the NBA center stuff. I just want to talk. Obviously, I'm from Michigan. I want to talk about Detroit being in the NFC Championship game for the first time in 30 years. I mean, that's that's good stuff to me. So I love you guys, though. All right, Sean, we love you too. That's Sean having a good old time here um, with CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, Johnny is in Atlanta. Johnny, what's going on with you? What's going on? I want to talk about you, your books. Do you really think that Doc River hire is a good hire? Because he's a over, he's a mediocre coach. Only one championship because he had three Hall of Famers. While Mark Jackson is getting blackballed out the NBA. Like, come on, he built the Golden State Warriors. I would like to see Doc Rivers have a little more playoff success for a team that is trying to get over the hump again in the playoffs. But this seems to be like. The, uh, the, 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 the thing with Doc Rivers, the other thing with this is when they went to that in-season tournament, uh, according to the reporting in The Athletic, they, like, got together with uh, Doc Rivers, and he's been sort of consulting them. No, 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 but they, that, that's, where they, uh, that's where they met up with Doc Rivers. And so since then, because he's broadcasting for ESPN, so since then Doc Rivers has been, like, involved in helping Coach Griffin – you know, mature and get better and ideas. And then they just fire him for the guy. It's like, Hey, I'm not cheating on you, honey. But as a matter of fact, move out. Cause she's coming in. But he, he had two elite teams. Philly should not, should have went far in the playoffs. He couldn't do it with them. Couldn't do it with the Clippers neither. He, the only team he did it with was the Boston Celtics. And that was one year. And they had three hall of famers. The other two other years he lost. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out why they keep on recycling him but not giving Mark Jackson a shot, not even Nate McMillan. At least Nate McMillan took teams with no talent, and they still went to the playoffs. 
You cannot tell me one team Nate McMillan had with a lot of talent. Had Trey Young, who's a five-two guard, can't he ain't can't play defense. So I'm I'm sick and tired of them keep on talking like Doc Rivers is a legit quarter coach, and you got two of them right here. They just don't want to give a chance to. That's well, how I no, feel about it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, Johnny. Thanks for the call. It seems like it seems like at this point the idea of Doc Rivers is better than Doc Rivers. Um, and I think that this this move, the Bucks are going to go from Mike Budenholzer to Doc Rivers. Both coaches were fired last year after failing in the playoffs. The Bucks would have never fired Mike Budenholzer then to go to Doc Rivers then, but they had Adrian Griffin as a stopgap, and now they've got Doc Rivers after firing Adrian Griffin. I've been kind of trying to figure out what's going on with uh, TNT and CNN throughout the night. So what had happened was when we got on the air a few hours ago, TNT's intermission show that broadcasted the two games that were on their network tonight, they said that CNN Sports was confirming that Doc Rivers was officially hired. It's not official yet other than their report, which they are standing by. But here's the interesting thing. As they are talking about this on TNT, They did a segment about it, about him accepting the job. After the network's insider reporter, Chris Haynes, did an interview. He did an interview with uh, Russell Westbrook. He then kicked it to the studio. The studio started to report again that Doc Rivers was the coach. At the same time, Chris Haynes tweeted, Milwaukee Bucks and Doc Rivers continue to work towards a deal that will make him the next head coach, but there's no agreement in place as of now. Sources tell NBA on TNT and Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report, one of the few accounts that earlier in the night used the CNN report to make a little graphic and say hired and and all that stuff. So, again, this may be all inconsequential and it doesn't matter, but it is just sloppy reporting and the whole thing is, is weird. But it does sound like Doc Rivers at some point tomorrow or Wednesday will be the next head coach. Just the the roundabout way that we're getting the reporting on that is uh, very confusing. Kevin is in Louisville. What's up with you, Kevin? Hey, man. To Detroit, <laughs> watch Uh-oh. out we're coming. We got Greenlaw, Greenlaw and the boys, okay? Okay? You got Jared Goff. Watch out what happens. You're all losing that game. It's going to be the Ravens and the Niners. We got to get rematched. We're going to get rematched in uh, – Hopefully, win that game in the Super Bowl because they so torched our, they torched us. In that yeah, game. They, they beat you up on Christmas pretty bad. A lot of people started saying yes, a lot of bad things did. about yes, Brock Purdy did. that night. Yes. Sam Darnold came yep. in through a couple tutties. I know, but we got trounced last last year by the Eagles. You know what happened in that game? So, I, you know, third string quarterback, whatever. Nobody gives Brock Purdy respect. Somebody go give him respect this year, my man. They are. And well, winning this game would go a long way. I think obviously Kevin thinks of the call if they won a Super Bowl, that would go a little bit further. Look, I watched that game. I watched all these games. You watched all these games. Brock Purdy did not. I mean, maybe he just needed a game and maybe he'll come out more focused. Guy looked rattled. Guy looked scared. I would rather have Jared Goff coming into this weekend. 
And I think if Jared Goff was on the Niners and Brock Purdy was on the Lions, I think the spread's a little higher. That's where we're at. That's where we're at with Brock Purdy. And I think it's okay. Brock Purdy is a talented individual that plays quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I'll even say that. I think there's other people that can step in and do what he's doing. I don't know that he can go elsewhere and do what they're doing is the thing, but he can do the job that he's asked of. And I think what's happening, at least in terms of what I'm experiencing, uh, when I talk to people from the Bay area or that are Niners fans, they don't like even what I just said. So then they kind of double down and no, 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 no. Brock Purdy is, is great. You got your writer for the athletic comparing him to Joe Montana. Okay, come on. We're not doing that. So then you guys do that. So then everybody else goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, I know we just said he was good, but he's kind of average. And then the Niners fans go, average? Oh, he's he's an MVP. And then everybody else goes, average? Did we say average? We mean sucks. So now we're just trying to outtake each other. When the truth is, I think, right back in the middle where I started, is that he is a good quarterback. He did not play well. He did not play well. He missed a lot of throws. He missed a lot of throws, and he should have had a couple more interceptions. How did you do, but that, he final, didn't. How did you do that final drive, Bart? He had a great final drive. Thank you. So is that what we're is that what we do? Is that is that what we do? Like I'm not saying he didn't have a, fi- a great final drive. He had a perfect final drive, and a he miss, shouldn't have a, been in that position. That's that's fair. I can't argue with that. But the thing is, that's fair. And I, I recognize the great final drive, and I and I will say over and over: all you gotta do is win. All you, you got to do is win. But he, I mean, it was a perfect, it was the perfect game. I, th- I think it was Mina Kimes who said it. But somebody had said, like, this is the perfect game because if you are mad at Brock or don't think he's good, you have your proof. If you think he's great, you have your proof. I don't think he's better than Jared Goff. I don't think, I don't think he's better. I don't think that, I think Jared Goff has this team right where the Niners do. And I think the reason we started to be like MVP is, you know, you've got, Lamar and Mahomes and Josh Allen is Purdy that guy, but he had the stats. And so we looked at the stats and then we, I mean, to I, I test to me, he's not those guys, but that's, Hey, what am I? I'm just one man's opinion. One man's opinion. Great final drive. Trust me. I know. I know all too well as a Packer fan, Eric is in Texas. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Hey, I, I think uh, in regards to the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions, I think Jared Goff is amazing at uh, checking it down to Gibbs or Laporta and letting them do their thing. And even St. Brown, he he usually runs short routes. So uh, I'll take that and I'll take the experience over uh, Purdy. But uh, what my main point is this. I'm rooting for the Lions, but no matter who wins between the Lions and the 49ers, I think they're at a disadvantage in the Super Bowl because it, the way the um, you can sneeze on a quarterback these days and get a 15-yard penalty. So I think in the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are kind of set up. And uh, what do you think about game managers like Goff and uh, Purdy going against one of the AFC teams? What's your thoughts about that? You think they have it uh, easier or harder? I think they have it easier because uh, the way that they call penalties on hits or no hits or whatever you believe, uh, quarterbacks are more apt to run 
Because you could look at it like a game manager. Those guys sit in the pocket, and if they get hit even a little bit or taken down, there's going to be a flag. But if you run, then you go down, and then you could get popped in the head. I don't know. Well, it will be, yeah, it will be an interesting, you know, kind of comparison. I don't know that one has the advantage over the other. You look at the last ten years, and Foles is basically the only game manager that's ever won it. So I think the the days that game managers have a chance to win, I just think it's way, well, boy, way down. I mean, what are we calling Brady? Uh... Now, I, we're, I think we're confusing a few terms. Are we talking about pocket passer or like elusive guy? No, you're right. Uh, Brady could be considered a game manager, I guess. I didn't think about that. Well, I, I'm, I'm more thinking pocket passer is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, okay, let's, let's change it to that scenario. Uh, it's, so do you think uh, pocket passers like uh, Purdy and golf have an advantage over the runners like uh, Mahomes and Jackson? I honestly don't think there's any advantage either way. Okay. Is that a bad answer? No, it's not a bad, <laughs> bad answer at all. Uh, so uh, it just, it just, it's, think- a, it's about their skill set and what they can do against the opposing defense. I mean, I, I as a defender, I think I would rather play. I'd rather play a guy that sits in the pocket. So maybe the mobile guys have the advantage, but it's it's all going to be about the matchup. Okay. Who, who do you, uh, if you were to, you're, I'm not saying you're a betting man, but if you were a betting man, who would you? Well, I am. Uh, lines of cover? I don't know. I, again, I, I just, I, I mean, I know that they're running backs. They're running backs. I lean to, I lean to Dan Campbell. I lean to their running backs. I think their defense is a little under heralded, but I just feel like the Niners, we, we let the Niners and the Chiefs, Eric, thanks for the call. We let both of these teams get chips on their shoulders. That's what we did. And when I say we, I mean the entire NFL nation. Whether we played a small part of it here or or you just got you know gone along for the ride or these these broadcasters. I mean, the narratives right now out there are that the Niners have a quarterback that isn't good enough to get him to the promised land. And these guys love their quarterback. And they are going to do everything they can to show that we are wrong. And the narrative around the Chiefs was they can't win on the road. And we said that before they ever played on the road. We just said, oh, they can't win on the road. They can't win on the road. And then they won on the road. And they they seemed to really enjoy playing on the road. They seemed a little bit more addictive to that than you would have wanted. And so they went into Buffalo and shut everybody up. You don't think they want to go into Baltimore and do the same thing? So I haven't placed any bets yet. If I do, I will share. Right now, I am worried as a Packer fan. That's Packer fans are interesting. You working for the Lions in your division or the Niners? I never want to see. It doesn't matter. I never want to see the team that beat my team win. I'm always going to be like that. So I would prefer if Detroit won for now. And then, then you get yours, and then you have to your arrival again like the rest of everybody else. Uh, and then in the AFC, because I still think Baltimore's been Baltimore's been the team that I said would go to the Super Bowl this whole time and win it. I didn't see them playing the Chiefs though, and I'm all I'm all scatterbrained. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. More on this with you guys. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball. Big announcement there. 
Much more to come. CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's talk to Daniel in Chicago. Oh, Daniel. Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm doing good. I'm going to give you another name now. You are a man of respect because the way you talk to people, you give respect to people, and it's vice versa. So that's why I'm giving you, you are a man of respect. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Call in now at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227 for those that want to chat. Amy Lawrence coming up in about an half hour or so. Good to be with you again. I'm Bart Winkler. Shep's here. Marco coming up with the updates. The uh, Hall of Fame class of 2024 was announced tonight for the, uh, well, for baseball. Adrian Beltre gets in 95% of the votes he got in. So not unanimous, but as close as you get. I, I think that the writers look around the room and be like, who's who's not going to do it, right? Because no is unanimous, right? I still got an issue with some of the way these things are voted on. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of feelings and a lot of narratives and a lot of like uh like gatekeeping. Like I, I think that some of these steroids guys should be in. I we talked about Pete Rose the other night. I think that he should be in. Um it's just weird to not have a museum of baseball. These these places should tell the story. Tell the story about baseball. Let me take my kid to Cooperstown. Tell me the story about baseball. All right, that was good, son. Do you like that story? All right, let's go to the diner across the street, and now I'm going to tell you about all the 15 guys that should have been in. Well, why wasn't this guy in? Well, he took a drug that was you know prevalent at the time, and baseball actually benefited from it, and then they decided, oh, no, it was bad, so those guys didn't get in, and uh, a lot of writers were mad because baseball is like the game of numbers the most, and then... With these steroids, we couldn't compare them to the childhood heroes that they had growing up. So now they punish these people because their childhood was tainted. Oh, well, what about that guy? Well, he bet on games. He thought that uh, it would be fair to, like, I'm managing the Reds, so I'm going to bet on the Reds and maybe make a couple bucks. Oh, isn't gambling, like, super uh, legal and okay now? Well, yeah, but there's still a gray line, and, uh, you know, people are mad at him and, and all that stuff. Well, why didn't those guys get in? Oh, I don't know, because they played in the same time as some of the steroid guys. Uh, They were never accused of anything, but uh, they just played at the same time. And so it was the steroid era and and nobody got in. Oh, Uh, okay. Well, why didn't that guy get in? Ah, he was a jerk online. No one liked him. So it's just just weird. Adrian Beltre got in 95% of the votes. Todd Helton gets in. uh, Longtime Rockies first baseman. Designated hitter. He got in. Well, not really. I guess, National League back then. Uh, 79% of the vote. Joe Maurer, Twins catcher, he gets in. First time on the ballot. Only the third catcher, I think, to do that. Billy Wagner was five votes away and doesn't get in. And so that's kind of a bummer. Wagner's support is growing as of late, the reliever, but he didn't get in. Uh, No Gary Sheffield, no Andrew Jones, no Carlos Beltran, no A-Rod, no Manny Ramirez, no Chase Utley, no Omar Vizquel, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Andy Pettit. If I mentioned any of those guys and you thought, well, they are a Hall of Famer, uh, maybe, maybe another time, but not as of 
now, but congrats to the ones that did get in. Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention, we didn't get to it yesterday, but I want to get to it here today, is there was a lot of criticism, and it ended it ended up not mattering because the Chiefs still won, but there was a very wild sequence in this game between the Chiefs and the Bills the other night. The Bills went for a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin, who should still get comeback player of the year. I don't care if he only like had two tackles on the season. The guy came back from death. Comeback player of the year is the weirdest award because it doesn't matter what you come back from, you're eligible. You coming back from death puts you in the same category as someone coming back from an injury and puts you in the same category as someone coming back from sucking. Like, well, why does this guy get votes? Well, he blew out his knee and then came back. Oh, what about this guy? Well, we thought we lost him on the field, but then he he came back. Well, what, the, what about this guy? Well, he was good, and then he was really bad, but now he's okay again. So he is equal to these guys. It's just very odd and, and very weird. I think if you don't give it to – I mean, what else do you got to do? Uh, for DeMar Hamlin, and it's more of an inspirational story, but still, we the Comeback Player of the Year award, I still think is way too vague and way too broad. But they didn't it didn't it didn't cost them necessarily, maybe cost them some time because Kansas City drives down the field and then they hand it off to McCole Hardman, who then fumbles the football out of bounds for a touchback. This is a rule that may be taken away from us. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN had tweeted this during the game. Good chance the touchback rule for fumbling through the end zone will be changed this offseason. Momentum behind NFL correcting it. Penalty considered by many to be too harsh. So what happens with this rule is it's, it gets, it's labeled the dumbest rule in sports. That's what it's labeled. And we all know when someone says the dumbest rule in sports, we know what they're talking about. The issue is if you're on the offense – and you have the football, and you fumble it at the five, you still get it at the five. If you fumble it at the three, you still get it at the three. If you fumble it at the one, you still get it at the one. If you fumble it and it goes out of bounds, the other team gets it now at their 25. Not only, Shep, I'll ask you about this, but not only do I like this rule, I actually think it does make sense. It's the end zone. It's hallowed ground. It's where you are trying to get in. And if you have the football get in, but you don't, why should you get the ball back? It's as arbitrary as if we say, oh, no, the offense, I'll give it to him back at the 25. That's as arbitrary as giving it to the defense. You lost the football. If you're in your own end zone and get tackled, it's a safety. So it should be treated as a different part of the field. It's where points are scored. It's where turnovers can happen. I used to just kind of like be on the fence about it and not really care. And then there's been this big movement to say it's the dumbest rule in sports. So I actually kind of like it now. And I do think it makes sense. Yeah. I also think it eliminates people, you know, carelessly trying to get it over the pile on or over the end zone line. Um, you know, so I think it, it, it makes it that much more special when you actually do score because then you can just kind of like throw it, you know, hoping, you know, hoping it goes over and hoping yeah. then someone would recover it. Right. 
Um, so I'm I'm okay I'm okay with the rule, and I don't think Hartman's uh, I don't that's the you know the one play he made that people were scratching their heads about. I think people have been scratching their heads about that cat all year. Yeah, well, remember he went to the Jets and then yes. got hurt and didn't play, and then uh, the Chiefs desperately brought him back and barely played uh, with Kansas City. Even how depleted their wide receiver room was in terms of both health and maybe talent. Sure, I I just I I don't know. It it kind of makes sense to me. I just think like the end zone for the simple fact that. It's painted different. Right. Okay, I, now I'm sounding stupid, but it's a different <laughs> part of the field. You can't you can't treat the end zone like it's the rest of the field. It is the end zone. It's not part of the field. You can't gain yards in the end zone. No, you well, cannot. I guess if you return an interception, it's uh, it's where you – whatever. Right. Whatever. But it's a different part of the field, and I think it should be treated as such. And if you're the defense and you're backed up, like, look – I don't know if you ever play like we call it washers where you throw this little washer on a cardboard box and you could play and play and you could be down 20 to nothing. But if you get the washer to stick on the box, you it's an automatic winner. Despite everything that the other team has did and that you didn't do, there's still a way to have an automatic win in this game. It barely happens, but when it does, it's crazy. But it's still something like it's so rare, it's, there should be some sort of achievement for that so i i don't know to compare the touchback rule to washers maybe i'm the only one with that thought i just think that it makes sense to me it, it's a different part of the field it makes sense yeah well, so what you're really saying is the bills needed all the help they could get well and then they didn't even cash that in like no the fake punt mcdermott what are we doing what are we doing by the way you are 100 percent right about demar hamlin when you come back from that given that so many people thought he he may never walk again. Um, uh, breathe, Shep. He, correct. But then let alone the next progression is walk. Um, how can he not be comeback player of the year? He can be comeback player of the century. Let's be, you don't you just you know you want to talk about rare? That's even more rare. <laughs> like Demar Hamlin doing what he did compared to even fumbling in the end zone, which is very rare. Um, he absolutely deserves that award, man. No question about it. Well, it's the funniest award we have because um, if you look at it, like this year, I think it goes to Demar Hamlin, who came back from almost dying. Last year, it went to Geno Smith. What did Geno Smith come back from? The year that he won the award, he had a sixty-nine percent completion percentage, thirty touchdowns, eleven picks, forty-two hundred yards. He actually had never had a year even close to that good. He his first two years as a Jet starter, he threw for, I don't know. Uh, as many or more picks than touchdowns, no more than 3,100 yards. And then he was on the bench for a lot, so we gave it to him for coming back as being a starter. Like, we basically gave him the award because you were bad for a long time, and now you had an, a good year. Here's an award. The years before that, we gave it to Joe Burrow because his leg fell off, Alex Smith because his leg actually almost did fall off, Ryan Tannehill, I think, got it for not being bad anymore, Andrew Luck injury. Eric Berry survived cancer, so he gets it. I mean, it's like it's crazy where we give the award to these guys. Um, it's just it's uh, Doug Flutie got it because he was missing for 15 years. So it's, it's just a, it's a funny award. It's a funny award where anyone can get it for like any different uh, reason. Roberts in Annapolis. What's up, Robert? Hi, uh, I just had a suggestion on a rule, that rule that you were mentioning. My idea would be the defense gets the ball because the offense should be punished. 
but they only get the ball at the point of the fumble since they didn't actually recover it. They don't get it all the way out to their 25, which means they'll frequently be getting the ball on their own one or two yard line. So I think that might be some kind of compromise. And there actually is uh, a unanimous baseball hall of famer. Uh, you know, who it is no Rivera relief pitcher for the Yankees. Oh, sure. And that's, yeah. And okay, how, that's and how ridiculous recent. is that? Jeter Babe missed, Ruth is yeah. not a unanimous hall of famer. Henry Aaron is not a unanimous hall of famer. Jeter missed it by Jeter missed it by one. I believe. Did we ever realize yeah, or Rivera, find out why? the relief pitcher right. was, was unanimous. Right. And, so who voted did, against Jeter? Did he ever have a reason? <laughs> it's like the know? MVP vote but, against but, LeBron but, in 2012. But to, give it to a, but to make a relief pitcher, I don't care. He comes in and gets credit for a save with a three-run lead. I mean, come on. A relief pitcher is a unanimous Hall of Famer is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of when yeah. you have all those other greats. I just wait, wait, time out, time out. Bart and Robert, just a quick question for you guys about that, though. Yeah. In relation, now, again, when Babe Ruth played, you know, he, there, there wasn't even there wasn't even integration. So his numbers were inflated because he was not playing against the world's competition. I'm not blaming and Babe Ruth right for that. And the right field fence was two feet off the ground. Correct. I'm not blaming Babe Ruth for that, but that does have to be taken into consideration. Babe Ruth was the greatest baseball player of all time. Okay, Come now, on. Now, now that now that argument can be made, especially when you consider what he was as a pitcher before hitter. Robert, he I, get as many home I, runs I, as the I get all that. I get all that. But 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 <laughs> what we're talking about modern day players. Okay. I understand he was a reliever, but right, is there Henry? any Can we Robert, make Robert, Henry? Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, go ahead. Is there anybody more dominant at their respective position in the sport of baseball in the last fifty years than Mariano Rivera as a reliever? Not to mention the fact how much he got it done on the biggest stage and how great he was to the media. You yep. can legitimately understand why, even though he was a closer, he still should have been, in many regards, the first unanimous Hall of Famer. He's a better pitcher than Warren Spahn or Steve Carlton or Tom Seaver. Are he you... was more dominant as a closer than those guys were it's, starters. It's yes, not as important. He wasn't a starter. He had one pitch. Come on. Well, he had more than the cutter. You and I both Come know on. he had more than the cutter, Robert. It gets crazy. Well, either way, gets... he's in. Uh, Robert, thanks for the call, man. All right. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah, call yeah. in about the Ravens here before the end of the week and tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, Robert. Thanks for the call. So you got into a Hall of Fame argument there, Bart. You well, here's that. here's what I ponder about Babe Ruth. Sure. Because he was so much better than anybody else. So, is it possible, and I apologize in advance to everyone I will offend, but is it possible that instead of all these guys that played baseball at the time being good and then Babe Ruth was great, is it possible that a lot of those guys just sucked and he was the only one that knew how to play? Is that possible? <laughs> Again, my apologies. I'm just spitballing Hold ideas. On, I, I'm, I was screaming, I apologize. I didn't want to miss that because it sounded really good. Is it possible that instead of everybody that in baseball at the time was good right. and Babe Ruth was great, <laughs> right. is it possible that nobody actually knew how to play See, this young game and sucked and then Babe Ruth was actually like moderately okay at it because he was – you know, a big guy that could swing a big bat. Can I give you an honest take about that? That's a that's a fascinating point that you make, Bart. Thank I you. Know, I just came up with I it. I don't know. But in all seriousness, I mean, if he doesn't get ALS, does Luke Gehrig go down as the greatest player of all time? Like, you can make a legitimate argument. He had, I, he always had more RBIs than Ruth. Like, he was the better—he was a better fielder. He— 
Lou Gehrig was on track to surpass and exceed Babe Ruth in every major hitting category. And that was when guys began to get better and actually hit home run balls. Ruth, Ruth was the first. I grant you that. He salted a swat. But the game was catching up to him, and he didn't take care of his body. And he never gets flack for that. Like, wasn't Ruth, like, the guy known for, you know, drinking beers and having hot dogs before games? That doesn't sound like the greatest player of all time to me. Well, that's because the guys that were throwing were, had noodle arms and didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> so to your point, there is, I'm not trying to disrespect Babe Ruth, but to your point, there is some credibility to what you're saying in the fact that, yes, Babe Ruth was good. Very little, but maybe some, But yes. there was also some really bad playback. Like, I'm not, I'm not having a Bob Cousy play against Plummer argument, but I'm just saying, we're talking the 1910s. How great were they really? No, I mean, they were playing in sweat jackets. They don't, they don't I mean, come on, right? In, I mean, we're talking about the doing. time when, like, Jack Dempsey was the hall, of, you know, was the heavyweight champion of the world. And that, we're talking Babe Ruth predated him. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I just like to get some jabs in there. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Bart. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler. Amy Lawrence coming up next, 855-212-4227. We got Vinny in Arizona. What's going on, Vinny? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Hey. Hey, So, one of the last callers mentioning Babe Ruth being an all-time great. Don't get me wrong, he is, but... I don't think Babe Ruth would be anything at today's age of baseball, seeing as how the average fastball back then was 80-85. And if that was the case, Wainwright would still be good. Yeah, I mean, we got some video of Babe, but, like, I want to go back to that time. God, I wish we could do time travel, man. I want to, like, go to a Yankee game and watch Babe Ruth. Well, no, not now, but so if you took the guy that was Babe Ruth and then put him in today's game with – Today's training, I mean, it would be different. But if you pluck that guy out of 1927 and put him in today's lineup, I think I think he'd be Matt Stairs. <laughs> Maybe enough, Kevin Mensch. I don't know. Do you- Tough crowd. <laughs> I don't know. I'm agreeing with you, Vinny. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, thanks. That's Vinny in uh, Arizona. No, I'd like to go back, though. I, I, I do think, I look, I think there's a part of it where back then, you know, we don't have a lot of video of, like, do we have a complete game? What's the first complete game we have of of any uh, baseball game? And how did people watch the game? They either went to the games and then told people about what they saw, or they listened on the radio and let their imaginations kind of go with whatever the announcer was saying. Not a lot of people put the eye test on these guys back then is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I don't want to spark up a... Uh, you know, that's all I'm saying. Sammy, what's up? Hey, what's up, Mike? Listen, hey. if we had baseball in Australia, if we had baseball in Australia in the 1800s, of course, it would be amazing. We'd be the best players in the world. Well, yeah, why is that? No, it's a joke, mate, because they, 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 we don't have any video of anybody playing here. My point is, we're talking about Gary Sheffield. Is anyone watching? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you meant, like, Australia, and I don't know if you're making, like, a – you're all convicts joke or something. My bad. 
no, well, that's a whole other story, mate. But, 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 but simple baseball, you know, we, we love the game now. Look at Gary Sheffield, mate. Look at, look at the numbers. 509 home runs, mate. Nearly 1,700 RBIs. We're not going to put him in. What's the, what's the deal there, mate? I don't know. He didn't get in. Uh, Sammy, thanks for bringing that up. Shep, is he really in Australia? We're not in Australia. Well, on the Odyssey app, we are. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, you don't think, you you don't think the, he's legit calling from Australia? Have you talked to that guy before? No, but that's, I mean, that's a compliment to you. You got people listening to you in Australia. Ah, uh, all right. Well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt next time. I felt uh, like that was an accent. You think that was a no. fake Australian accent? You know what? I don't actually trust anyone that calls in. I think they're all doing a joke. You don't believe that. <laughs> You've been doing this long enough where you know we have a lot of people that listen. Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to this show, your show. Um, I always gotta... think that. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay. It was really Sal from uh, Great Neck. Yeah. I got burned one time where I thought <laughs> I was interviewing Stone Cold. You're right. And it was this rock station in Cincinnati. That, oh, jeez. That's bad. Yeah, it pranked oh. me. Well, I, you know, you know, I feel bad for. I feel bad for Dan Patrick and Scott Van Pelt because that happened on national television, and you had the guy who does the Howard Stern pranks, Captain Jenks, call them pretending. Oh, that happened to, be, to Peter Jennings. Yeah, I think so. Right, Peter Jennings. Right, R.I.P. Peter Jennings. By the way. Yeah, was that for the O.J.? I think I, I think so. Yeah, Captain. Yeah. yeah, you haven't been Captain Jenks yet. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Patrick was. Fooled on one too, yeah. Right, right. The Steve, the Steve. Uh, that was the Steve Bartman, and then Scott Van Pelt was the Brian yes. Westbrook. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. See, and just like that, it's like, how do they even get through? See, that's see, that's unbelievable. If I'm so, so like one time we had Jared Payton call in, and I'm like, why would Jared Payton just randomly call in? Obviously, Walter Payton's son. And I literally went to like not Wikipedia, but I went to like really meticulous websites about Walter Payton. And I asked him seven questions just to protect Walter, um, just to res- respect the family's name. And he answered all of them correctly and didn't hesitate. So I knew it was him. Wow. What was he calling about? Oh, he just wanted to talk about, like, Chicago sports. Oh, that's nice. He's a nice guy. I mean, I mean great family. Oh, oh, good. All right. We'll be on the lookout for a Jared Payton call. Uh, and if that guy was in Australia, I apologize. <laughs> What time is it over there? Like tomorrow it's 7 o'clock at night? Well, listen, I'm still waiting for the Australian Open uh, quarterfinals to end. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed. All right, uh, for David <laughs> Shepard, Marco Belletti, I'm Bar Winkler. We're back tomorrow across North America and over yonder, Oceania. CBS Sports Radio, have a good night. Amy Lawrence next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, Celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 